Welcome back to Restless. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a group of young adults who are trying to live their faithful Catholic faith in the midst of a crazy and mixed up world. I'm Father Joseph Gill, coming to you from Stamford, Connecticut, and I'm here with my friends Lauren, Javier, and Diane. Today's topic, I think we're going to talk about uh, families, something near and dear to all of our hearts. You know, I was kind of thinking about that in a couple of weeks, I'm heading down to see my family down in Maryland. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting being a young adult and talking about families, because we're kind of, in a sense, like in between families, you know, like we're not part of our family we grew up in. But I know none, none of us here are married, so we're also not forming our own family yet. Do you kind of, do you sense that, that lack or that kind of question mark when it comes to family in your own life? Well, in my case, I could say that I'm still very much a part of the family that I grew up in. You know, I'm very close to my parents and my brothers. I have two younger brothers. One's just a year younger than me and the other is 14 years younger than me which is quite a gap, you know, and Javi asked me earlier when I just told him this, oh, was he, you know, planned for? And it's like, yes, he was. <laughs> um, he just took some time, I think, you know, to come and, and be with us. Um, but it's been a gift to me to have him and, you know, still be in Greenwich and be close to him and get to go to all of his sporting events when I can and band concerts, you know. So in my life, you know, my parents and my brothers are still very close to me and I'm close to them. That's awesome, Lauren. That's that's good. It's nice to be in the same town you grew up in, but I know that's not the case for most young adults. You know, Javi, you're you're several states away from your family. That's definitely not the case for me. I've I've been outside of my house now for five year, almost five years, and uh, I definitely feel that lack. You know, I talk to my parents daily. I do. Do you? But no, I do. And but it's still it's still not the same. Um, but I think the Lord has really blessed me with brothers and sisters here that are are like family or or even perhaps even more than family because there's that bond uh, that you can only have with somebody uh, through Christ that it's it's probably even stronger than family I, can't, I, there, I don't I don't really know how to explain that to be quite honest with you but there's a brotherhood and a sisterhood that that grows um, when your friendships are um, centered on Christ yeah. that you know it's so much stronger than a biological uh, bond. I think Jesus says something similar in, in uh, Matthew's gospel. You know, he talks about you, you cannot love father or mother more than me. And, yeah. Because Christ is that primary bond. You know? Right. Do, your, do all of your families uh, share your faith? Or are you kind of on a different page than some of your families? Diane, what, do you, what about you? Yeah, I, I mean, I was blessed to grow up in a very um, religious household. Um, my mom was the one who kind of instilled the faith in us as well as my dad and his example but my dad actually was protestant and he converted um when i was about five years old i would say um so everyone is of the same faith um my grandmother also lived very close to us and she was very strong a very strong catholic woman um so she had a, a tremendous influence how about siblings Yes, my siblings are, so I have a twin brother um, and a younger brother who's two years younger than me, and they're both practicing. Um, I think we're all on sort of different waves of the journey, um, but we're all on the journey, so. That's good. That's mm -hmm. good. I have, I have two brothers and two sisters, all younger, and one of whom is an atheist. And uh, it's made for some very tense times sometimes at family gatherings, because he's told me flat out to my face, I think you're wasting your life. Right. And I'm like, ouch, well, I think you're wasting your eternity. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> and we're brothers, so we can say that to each other, you know? True. <laughs> Do you ever try to have conversations with him to help him to realize that God is true and real and here? And You know, I, th I think the last time we had that conversation was probably five or six years ago. And, uh, you know, we, he shared his doubts, I shared my faith. And since then, it's almost been like a, a cordial, how do you pronounce that cordial detente? Like a, a we're not gonna we're not gonna fight over this. We're gonna talk instead about baseball. Okay, and to just accept your differences. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. But you know, what? one of my favorite saints, um, or not saints, she's not saint yet, uh, servant of God, Elizabeth uh, Lister. Uh, her, I don't speak French, so excuse my French. Um, <laughs> she, her, um, she was married to an atheist, and she spent her entire life praying for the conversion of her husband and he beat up on her not physically but just mentally and spiritually and emotionally her entire life and um after actually after she passed away um he found her diary and um that he ended up converting and becoming um you know just very into his faith so i was just reading about that last week that's interesting um yeah, for, for me, it's, uh, so my, my parents spoke the name of the Lord, <clears throat> the name of Jesus Christ, since I was a little kid. And I think, at, and, and pretty much all of my prayers, I just, I thank the Lord that I was born into a family that spoke the name of Jesus from a very young age. But um, I do definitely feel that lack of um, drive towards um, having a stronger relationship with the Lord. Like that, that daily, that daily drive to fall more in love with the Lord, you know, at where we're called to love the Lord the way that he loves us. And I think that we're so far from that. We're, we're, we'll never get there. So that's why I think our every, each and every day of our lives, uh, it, it's got to be a, a love that grows each and every day, right? And not, I don't think everyone is in that journey. And, and I think that's kind of my... That's that's my goal for my family. I think everyone's at, like Diane said, at different places on that journey. Yeah, you know, and so they're on the journey. They just might be in a different. That's <laughs> what I. It's it's, it's what I try to communicate with them. Yeah. I try to communicate with them that our love for the Lord has to grow every single day, and we have to fall more in love with Him. And you know, it's it's kind of hard to be focused on that on a daily basis. Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm very blessed that my family and I grew together. In, in our faith in Christ. You know, when I was a teenager, we went to this place for vacation. And I'm going to say the name and you're going to laugh. It was called Catholic Family Land. Oh, oh my, my God. <laughs> it's actually the coolest wow. place in the world. So I don't mean to, to like den denigrate it. It's really fun. But like my friends would ask me growing up, where are you going for vacation? I didn't want to say it. Like I was too embarrassed. Catholic Family Land. It's out in Ohio, just right outside of Steubenville. And it's this Catholic retreat center for families where they'd go, we would take our big camper out there and we would have this week-long retreat where they'd have different talks for teens and for adults and for little kids. And, and it was great. And we would pray together as a family and we'd go to adoration together as a family. And as my parents would grow closer to Christ, I was growing closer to Christ. So it was like, it was separate because I would be doing it with the other teens but then we'd be able to come back and talk about it and like, hey, what did you hear in your talk? You know, how was, how was your experience of adoration? It was really kind of a cool connection there. That is beautiful. I honestly think that I, I, I wish that we all, I, I wish I would have grown up like that with my family for sure. 
Well, when you, you guys get married, start going to Catholic Family Land. <laughs> Bring so it kids. still exists? It does still exist, yeah. They do five different weeks during the summer of uh, family retreat vacations. It also had the longest water slide on the East Coast. Okay, oh, so there's some counts. fun too. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was very dangerous. It was, uh, I think, handmade out of PVC pipe and... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> that sounds right up your It was alley. great though, so much fun. Oh my God. They, they did take it down after some people flew off of it because it was so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's the beauty though of family because you can push each other and encourage each other to kind of grow in the faith together. Um, I had a similar sort of experience. I think when I started to get much more into my faith, my mom got much more into her faith, and then my dad got much more into his faith. And like we all kind of push each other to grow in holiness and um, just keep our eyes on that, you know, on eternity. Awesome. Yeah, Diane, I think one of the coolest things is when I look out at the noon mass and I see you and your mom sitting in the pew, same pew, hmm. and uh, coming up to receive Holy Communion together. And that's really a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, and it's something that, I mean, anyone can do it because that's not something that we did three years ago. I mean, we, we really just sort of started to grow in this um, relationship with the Lord and the journey together. So That's cool. That's cool. It's also beautiful whenever... You turn around and see them both at adoration, both her mom and her. Yeah, yeah. You don't see a lot of families that go um, together. You usually see a bunch of single people or uh, an older man or an older woman. Uh, they go to adoration, but it's just beautiful when you actually see families that go to adoration together. Well, you know what Mother Teresa famously said, the family that stay prays together stays together. Amen. You know, Amen. that's certainly true. And, uh, you know, there's so many, the church has so much of a rich, beautiful teaching on the family. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the kind of titles or, or kind of views in the family that strikes me the deepest is that, you know, the family is a training ground for virtue. Hmm. I think God purposely puts us in a family because it's hard. It's tough. You know, and that's how we grow in patience and kindness and self-sacrifice. And, and uh, what are some of, the, some of the virtues that your family has, has taught you that you've had to kind of deal with some of the struggles and overcome that through through grace oh well for myself i could easily say patience because i'm not a patient person in most things i'm like very much about efficiency and you know getting things done a certain way and i just realized you know in interactions with my mom like we are different in a lot of ways and growing up we with butt heads all the time. I mean, I don't think I'd be exaggerating if I said that we argued every single day when oh, I was no. a teenager, you know, um, just very different. Uh, and um, kind of through my own spiritual journey, I guess, and learning about it, more about the virtues and patience and just recognizing that I don't need to get aggravated, right, all the time. I can like take a deep breath and let some things go or, or learn that, you know, if someone, let's say is easily agitated over whatever thing i don't need to go to the same level that they're at right i could kind of right. let them be mad at me because i don't actually care you know like <laughs> and we don't need to compete for like who's matter you know what i mean because i think that can of often be a dynamic especially with siblings yeah. you know so well with your brother that's 14 years younger than you lauren how's your relationship with him you guys tight or you he and i get along very well we're both like he, him my dad and i are the more laid back ones mm. You know, I, I think it shows through in our personalities and even how we interact with each other. And then my mom and my brother, my other brother, I think are more uptight or quick temper. They're just a little bit different from us, yeah. you know, but so Johnny and I get along very well, very smooth. And 
he's always actually been a really mature kid for his age, which um, kind of surprised me, you know, since he was very, very little, like we could have conversations even about what was going on in my life and he would try to give me advice and I'd be like, you're six, you know? <laughs> uh, but it was just true, it's just part of who he is. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, my, the, probably, the probably the sibling I'm closest with is my youngest brother, who is there's 11 year difference. Hmm. And uh, when I was when I was a seminarian and I would be running the youth program at my parish, I would invite my youngest brother to come and join. And he would come, and he got to know all of the kids in my youth group, and he became friends with some of them. So it was really kind of a cool bonding experience you know, with him. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I think for me, it's just about the same. It's been a lot of patience and. It's taught me to pray for wisdom. Um, it's not something that I used to pray for all the time before I had conversations with people, but definitely having conversations with my brother and with my father um, has taught me to, every single time I'm gonna get on the phone with them, whether they're calling or something, I'd rather miss the call and call them back so that I could say a quick prayer for wisdom mm. because our words are not nearly as good as the Lord's words. Have you and, found some contentious uh, conversations oh, with them in the past? So much, so much. Um, there's so my father. Uh, he's always been the quote-unquote wise person in the family. He's the one that knows about everything. And um, as I find myself studying the Word almost daily, and you know, just growing in my faith, um, he still wants to be the leader in all of our faith conversations, no matter what. Uh, it, even if it's you know obvious that he doesn't know about a topic um so i think the lord has you know given me a lot of wisdom sometimes in those conversations mm. and then with my brother um <clears throat> that one's a lot tougher that one is a lot tougher <laughs> but uh, i rejoice in, in in what the lord said about you know that you know we will find the most uh, pushback um, from our families it's just like when he went back towards the end of his ministry he went back and uh, his family were the ones that rejected him the most and so i rejoice in that because the lord went through it and you know so i think we're all supposed to go through it at some point you yeah. know or it's either our siblings or parents or uncles or the people we love the most That's you know the truth yeah it's interesting what you said about how your father wants to be the spiritual leader and actually actually in one sense it's actually very admirable yeah you know for a father to take that role on you know because a lot of fathers some fathers do and some fathers don't. I don't know, you know, Lauren, what, is your father a spiritual leader in your family? Uh, definitely growing up. I think I, I was fortunate that both my parents, I think, were kind of on equal ground. But if I look back on it and I remember like who I complained to the more, right? Like, why do we have to go? It's boring, right? I'm sure I did that every single week as a little kid. <laughs> it was always my dad that was the firm one. And it was probably just because I said so. That's right. You know, like <laughs> that was it. But it, he was very firm in that and we always went we never missed ever um good yeah so i think that certainly had an impact on us yeah we're gonna take a break and when we come back we'll talk more about families and how we can continue to grow in virtue through our family thanks so much catholic radio works and now we have it here in connecticut and new york it's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened, parishes and communities flourish. So, let people know you're listening to Veritas, tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. 
And we're back. Thanks so much for joining us on Restless as us young adults try to navigate our crazy world with the light of our Catholic faith. We've been talking about families and the impact that families have on our faith development and on the way in which they've helped us to grow in virtue. And over the break, Lauren was sharing a very interesting study that she uh, recently found online. Uh, why don't you tell us about that study? Yeah, so this isn't some anything new, but I just happened to hear about it in one of the podcasts that I listened to. So um, basically, there was a Swiss religious study, multi-denominational, about how religion is passed on from one generation to the next. So it looks at how the parents' you know, attendance at Mass affects their children. And what they found is that when both parents regularly attend religious services, 33% of their children will become regular churchgoers as adults, and 41% will become irregular. So they're still going, right, but not all the time. So 74% of those kids will continue going to church, and about a quarter will not go, right? They'll leave their faith. When just the mother goes regularly and the father goes irregularly, only 3% of children will become regular churchgoers, which is kind of astonishing, right? Mm. And 59% become a regular go churchgoers, and 38% will no longer go at all. But when the father goes regularly, uh, the children actually will go to church 38%, okay? So 38% of kids will become regular churchgoers. So that's actually more than that's when more. both parents go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, final thing when the father goes and the mother doesn't practice at all. Okay. So mom never goes. 44% of kids will become regular churchgoers. Interesting. So, like, the worse the mom does, as long as the father <laughs> is going, the kids are going to have more of a benefit. Well, in a sense, the father really has to truly take the leadership role then in that case. You know, Diane, you were, you were going to um, tell us something about your own p parents and their. Uh, yeah, I've just been, you know, in my journey reflecting on sort of um, the how I grew up and the faith that I received. And I, I really, you know, I try to <laughs> go through all these scenarios in my head of like, you know, my dad converted, he was Protestant. And I always wondered, you know, if he hadn't gone to mass with my mom, um, you know, would I be and would my brothers be as faithful as we are today? And I, I really do think that, you know, if if your father doesn't go, I mean, when your kid becomes a teenager and they start to question, well, you know, why should I go? Dad's not going. Um, I think that that, you know, the statistics, Lauren, make a lot of sense. Um, and I mean, just there's something about a father being in love with Christ that kind of just I don't know I, I think it just jives with, with the statistic there's something about that that is um, irreplaceable and very special um, so I think it makes sense and I think that just speaks to the truth as God as our father right mm -hmm. I mean that's how God created the world and the universe that's his design right yeah. our father is our God and it speaks true to families right? Yeah. Today, here, now, every family. I think about my own life. You know, my dad is a, a tremendously faithful man, a saintly man. And, uh, you know, when I was growing up, my dad's the most powerful man I know. He's the strongest man. He's my hero. And when I saw him kneeling before Christ saying, I need Jesus in my life, I think to myself, if my dad, who's my hero, needs Jesus, how much more do I need Jesus in my life? You know, my dad's been praying the rosary for me and for all my siblings since before I was born. You know, and that's like really powerful. Like I really kind of credit my vocation to him and his example of, of 
manly spirituality. He showed me that it's possible to be a real man and to love Christ. That is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think this, this goes and ties in with another, um, one of the t great titles of families is that the family is the domestic church, you know, and, and really like the father and the mother too are called to be kind of the priests of the domestic church, you know, really leading their family towards holiness. Do you guys have any uh, like different family traditions that you did that, that were kind of keeping Christ at the center of your family? I know that before mass on every Sunday uh, growing up, we would say the rosary together as a family. Um, so I think that that was very powerful and sort of teaching us, um, you know. Oh, Diane, that's awesome. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. I didn't have anything, you know, like that. No um, family prayer as such, but I do recall, you know, every night before bed, either my dad or my mom, I feel like it was more my dad, though, would do our nightly prayers with us in our bed and it'd be you know now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep if i should die before i wake i pray the lord my soul to take and then an hour father and a hail mary and then you know pray for my grandfather who had already passed before i was born and you know other relatives and that was just the nightly routine and you know i i that must have created a bond right yeah, yeah i'm sure it did i don't like actively think about it now but i'm sure that bonded us i think for us and i didn't I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now. Both my mom and my dad would stay after Mass um, when we were younger, uh, growing up here in America. And uh, they would pray for 15, 20 minutes, um, just staring at, at the host. And uh, I didn't realize it then. I thought it was... I thought it was annoying that we had to go and do that for like 15, 20 minutes. But now as I think about it, I thought about how much it wasn't them, how much it was the Lord calling all of us um, to prayer after mass and how that has come back to my heart. And I, I just kind of randomly thought about it the other day and I, I felt like that was the Lord calling me back then, you know? Mm, yeah. And he's continued to call us back to that same prayer and uh even though my siblings and i didn't really love it i i just i i think of that picture and i think how beautiful that was you know yeah um there's a lot of stuff i think our families plant in us that doesn't bear fruit until much much later you know i remember growing up we always prayed the rosary like diane's family on the way to mass and uh the only reason we did it the only reason i did it is because we would only get soda once a week at Sunday lunch if we prayed the rosary. If we, if we sat in the back of the car seat and just you know, kept our mouth shut, we wouldn't get soda. So it was a very motivating factor, you know? But then when I went through my deeper conversion experience of really you know, diving deeper into my faith, and when I was 16, I'm so grateful that my parents taught me how to pray the rosary because I didn't have to start from scratch. I already knew how to do it. You know, they'd already modeled it in their life. And that can be such a powerful thing. Yeah. What I hear more of, I think, today is kids are enticed to just go to church, right? Like, if you go to church, you can get a donut or <laughs> something like that. So the fact that your parents added the rosary in, I think, is really special. Yeah, yeah. It was special. Now, we've, it sounds like we've been really blessed with pretty good families, you know, all, all four of us. What would you say, though, to people that maybe didn't grow up in a good family, maybe that didn't have parents that that love them or that mirrored god's love to them what would you say because i'm sure we've encountered them in our life and maybe our friends our roommates or you know 
people we've worked with? Yeah, I think the first place to start is to try to just be open and understanding. Um, I can't say that I really speak about my faith very much when I'm in whatever circles I'm in, which usually revolve around ultimate. So it doesn't come up that often, but occasionally it does in some way or another. So I've heard things like, my mom forced me to get confirmed, but she didn't even know what it meant, or she didn't even go. Like being all angry at the fact that he had to get confirmed because his mom made him, but she's not even faithful. And I was like, that was good of your mom that she did that for you. And that's all I said, you know, like, and I don't need to go in and try to explain why, and I probably can't even explain it, but just know that was a good thing, you know? Um, but I, I feel like I do hear a lot of whatever the grievances are, and I just try to be open and maybe give them something, like just one little thing to try to consider or go a little deeper or, do you know what I mean? Just try to open them up a little bit more because whatever faith they had is a good thing and that's a blessing and hopefully it can grow, you know, if they're open to it. That's a good point, Lauren. You know, I think understanding our parents' weaknesses and their humanity, as you were saying, is I think a really important thing because as we get older, we have more compassion on them and their weaknesses, even when they were absentee parents or if they, you know, you maybe didn't treat us well, you know. I would say that no matter how you were raised, no matter how your parents are, you have to know that the Lord calls us to, we have a responsibility, right? It is our vocation, right? If we if we choose to get married, if we choose to have a family, if we choose to have kids, it is going to be our responsibility to lead our kids to the Lord, to lead our kids to go to Mass, to lead our kids to, to prayer. And um, I would say that do not have fear. Do not have fear because... We live in an age where um, technology could be used for evil, but it could be used for so much good. There are so many resources that are free out there to learn how to live our Catholic faith well, you know, to learn how to how to lead our family well, the way that the Lord intended us to. So we don't necessarily need our parents to have been examples if we perhaps don't. they weren't. No, not really. And I think a lot of people use that as an excuse, you know, oh, my dad didn't teach me this. My dad didn't teach me that. Because of my dad, because of the way that he handled money, that's how I handle money. And I say that, you know, that we we are all, you know, we're all individuals and we're all called to our own holy lives, right? And um, there is so much to learn from. And the ch the church teaches us just how to do a lot of those things and if you don't know where to go just go straight to your priest in your parish and your priest will tell you you know i mean you and i have had so many conversations i come up to you with questions all the time and you give me so much wisdom because of your experience the the, the people that you've mentored and stuff and um there's just so much to learn is what i'm trying to say is there's so much to learn and even if you didn't learn it from your parents you can still learning especially in this day and age that's true you know one of the, one of the titles of the church is mater et magistra you know mother and teacher and they really the church really is kind of can be a family for you now what would you say though to somebody that because i hear this quite a bit that you know people struggle to to accept god's personal love in their life because they've had bad relationships with their parents or they've been rejected by their parents I mean, what would you say to people that are struggling because i'm sure some of our listeners are in that situation. It's not, not uncommon for, for that. Dan, what do you think? 
Well, I guess I would say that everyone is flawed, and the church, what's that quote? The church is a, a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints, something like that. Yeah. No one is perfect, and I think that we have, you know, kind of what we were talking about before, ha- the church is a family. We're all part of the body of Christ, and, um, you know, we need to look to scripture and tradition to understand sort of what, who God is and, and what a true father is is um based on on that so regardless of our experiences we have the church to teach us you know what what love is yeah yeah that's true that's certainly true so i want to i want to take that in a potentially controversial direction (laughs) hopefully not too controversial so there's a lot of families that are different than the nuclear family these days you know some families involve grandparents some families involved um you know a single parent some families just are kind of like almost like a village or a tribe you know a neighborhood or whatever is you know is the nuclear family of father mother and kids is that kind of like the optimal do you think in today's world is that the best way to to do family or should we have a broader view of what family can be what do you think well i think that both can be successful right and i could just think of I know all these couples right now that are having kids I'm 31 so <laughs> tons of people are popping them out right it's mom dad and baby whatever it is um, but kind of as you described there are other forms of families and I think also culturally right you know there's different differences as far as um, cultures that are more likely to have the grandparents in the home and that's a beautiful thing right I mean I think that only benefits the children more you know if the grandparents are that close to them um and then there's a variety of other ways so i don't know i think if um it's a loving environment and supportive and you know teaching the children helping them grow being understanding i think families can look like a lot of different things cool it's uh it's time to wrap up unfortunately but thank you so much for joining us as we talked about our family i just want to issue a challenge to all the listeners and this challenge is to go and love your family, find a practical way. Maybe say thanks to your parents. Maybe do an act of kindness that they don't expect. But find a way to love your family because those are the people that God put in your life to love. That'll do it for this week on Restless. You can find us on the radio at 1350 AM, Veritas Catholic Network, and wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Facebook and YouTube, and hope to see you next week. God bless. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.